What's up, Podcast World? Chat Belding back at you with another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Today, we have a very special guest, a guy that has probably been on the radio when you've been listening in your car, on your headphones, whatever type of headphones you choose to use. I don't even know what the best kind of headphones are out there anymore. I've been using these new Bose noise canceling ones, and they're pretty badass. But I've been listening to this guy's music for a long time. I met him in 2009 at the Gaylord Opry Resort in Nashville, Tennessee. And since then, he has kind of taken a turn for what I call climbing the ladder. Lots of number one hits, number one albums, and a tour with a fan base that's pretty awesome. I'm talking about Tyler Farr from the great state of Missouri, now hails from nashville tennessee do you actually live in nashville no 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 there's way too many people here for for me i'm right on the river you're in the country the duck river how duck, fitting is that what the, the, the second most speciated river in the world for your knowledge right behind the amazon i'm not joking i'm really? making that up so what would be the number what give me three species that inhabit it uh walleye caught a 29 and a half inch walleye there uh, about a mile from my house uh, it's a duck river though it runs for 220 240 miles across the state of tennessee uh, walleye, which is very weird for Tennessee. Yeah, that's um, a cold musky to uh, main thing: smallmouth, largemouth, brim, crappie, or crappie, however y'all want to say it. Uh, let's see, endangered species of mussels, clams, uh, like otters. Uh, Are there sturgeon in it? I think there's sturgeon. Everything from you know carp to uh, alligator gar, needle nose gar. Oh, I mean, what about those Japanese flying fish? We had them in there, but thanks to me and a group effort of local rednecks, we uh, eradicated them. We eradicated them. Did you really? Eradicated the hell out of them. Really? Yeah. We just, were you bow fishing them or what were you do? Any method. You're allowed to. Benelli, just whack them <laughs> when they in the air. Make sure no one's around. Like, like, like pretty, pretty much the DWRA was like, any method you can to get these things out of the river, just get them out. Is that how you grew up for? Is that how you, did you grow up with a gun or a bow or a fishing rod in your hand? Mm, I remember taking my first hunter safety course in uh, Garden City Methodist, First Methodist Church. And uh, it was down in the basement of a church. And uh, I was probably, mm, probably 10, 12. Um, and they'd have like a breakfast down there. Like you took your course, they'd have like biscuits and gravy and They'd even like the opening day of deer season or whatever they'd, because uh, I'm I'm from Missouri, about 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes from uh, the Kansas state line. Uh, George Brett actually used to duck hunt down where, uh, by where I live in Garden City, where I grew up in Garden City. Um, I'm about an hour from E3, which you've seen on Buck Commander, uh, yeah. Roachy, Adam Roach, and yeah. his place and stuff in Fort i think fort scott um so i grew up around all that there wasn't nothing to do it was all gravel roads and <clears throat> rivers and duck duck hunting i never i would didn't grow up duck hunting but uh definitely grew up around you know that was back when you could keep a rifle in your gun rack yeah <laughs> in the back of your truck nobody even has gun racks anymore no, I'm sure you do they do. farm truck where you live. Yeah, they, they do where I live. So I'm in Chapel Hill, like south. I'm 45 minutes south of Nashville. It's like going back in time. Um, it's a lot of, you know, the Confederate, the war was, the Civil War was fought there. So you'll find, you know, old musket bullets. And uh, just a, it's a cool place. And it reminds me where I grew up. 
So I've always always loved the outdoors, and we had a place in my hometown called Miller's where you could you could buy a bottle of liquor, beer, you could buy a bow, a gun, rent a VHS tape, bait, bait. Uh, I think, and was, then and then they had a, a bow range inside too, so you could actually. Oh, those are the best stories. There was a Chestnut had a song. Do you remember the song that Chestnut put out? That was written by a Texas artist. Oh, yeah. Texas. Uh, written by uh, buddy, Kevin Ray Fowler. Kevin Fowler, not Ray Fowler. Yeah. Kevin Fowler wrote Beer, it. bait, and ammo. Yeah. yeah. And that, it was talking about a store that did it all, right? Yeah. You could buy everything from a Playboy to Worms <clears throat> yeah. to a Slurpee to, to everything. In there. There's a bunch of those down there where I live. Um, uh, Mr. Jason, Aldine, you know, me and him are good buddies, and he's close to down there. He's down in Spring Hill, and Luke, Luke Brown, I have to say, which Luke now, since you Luke, know, Luke Combs, Luke yeah. Combs is overtaking the world and running for president, <laughs> he's he's trying doing, to, he's doing good. Um, but Luke, Luke Bryan's farm, um, is down there in Mount Pleasant Flint Rock Farms, and uh, you know, so yeah, this year, I actually, this is my first year, um, like I was telling you in the truck earlier, I just got back with a real tree, um, started working with them again, uh, this past year, and um. <clears throat> so that and it made sense for me because Waddell's a buddy of mine, you know, uh, you're a buddy of mine, uh, to, you know, Luke, Luke and Luke and Jason, the buck commander, you know, so it allowed me, Philip Culpepper, one of my best friends, you know, his dad, Roger, I know all them guys. I spent tons of time in Georgia. A lot of people think I'm from Georgia because I'm a bulldog fan. I just spent a lot of time down there, but, uh, I am two for two for buck commander on hunts. Shooting them on the field. Yeah, I got got my shot my biggest deer this year at E3, which will be on Buck Commander this coming year. Have you eaten at the new restaurant? Not to take you off the mm-hmm. hunt, so yeah. is it awesome? Yeah, it's great. Where is it at? In it's not. I don't know. I don't think it's built yet in Nashville. I you ate eat the one in Colorado. Yeah, in Steamboat Springs Steamboat when Springs. we were out there for Jason's fortieth. Uh, so it's not it's not done yet in Nashville. Huh? I don't think so. But they they have plans to. Yeah. So you you get invited as a guest of the LaRoche family to go to the E3 farm and to archery hunt white-tailed deer. They'll just call you up and say, Ty, you got time. We got, we got you a tag. You, you apply for a tag or is it over the counter? I know it's both, I think, in Kansas. Well, he has property on Missouri line and Kansas line too. Kansas is a, uh, a draw. Is a draw. I think. And then you can buy leftovers if you don't. And now Missouri, Missouri isn't. So I hunted the Missouri side and that's where I was shot. So you get invited as a guest to the E3. Well, it's, it's not really like an invite. It, they're just you know jason luke and uh, all just you're just family with them uh adam what about uh, willie is willie around willie was there i spiked him in the face with a volleyball uh <laughs> when we because it's like a huge man cave i mean when you're adam laroche you have a uh, and you have a lot of money what do you do you build the biggest man, man complex with a, <laughs> a batter's cage in it of a full volleyball tell court. me your honest opinion real quick i gotta ask you this when you're on the subject of this man because to me, the ultimate goal in my life was to be a professional baseball player. I love to play baseball. And when I walk into a stadium, whether it's a triple-A stadium, a little league stadium, or a major league stadium, and I see that grass, and I smell, and I hear the hot dog man, and I hear in the, in the sound of that ball off the bat, I'm like, <clears throat> I wish I'd have been in the major leagues. This guy's in the major leagues. Somebody tells him, you can't have your son in the clubhouse. He goes, okay, well, I'm not going to play baseball anymore. I'm going to go build E3, steakhouses, a beef company. He's providing high-quality water wagyu beef and grass-fed beef do you fault a guy like that of walking away from something or do you respect it or how do you look at a guy like adam laroche i I respect it that's 
Uh, I'd actually told him that this year, and I've known him since probably maybe four years now. And I told him, I said, the reason I wanted to, you know, come hunt with you and I respect you a lot is because of doing that and walking away from $16.2 million, which not a lot of people would do and takes a lot of cojones to do that and say, you know, just stick it to the man. If I can't have my son here, then I ain't playing. And I think he made, he, by the look of his house and the houses or whatever, uh, he's, he's, he's doing fine. He, he's not, he's not one of those guys that values, uh, money. When I moved to Nashville, all I wanted was a farm and a tractor. And you still have that mentality. Yeah. So, so I have a question for you as a songwriter, cause it just something just sparked when you said that about LaRoche, about walking away from $16.2 million to play baseball. I mean, you're a grown man playing a, a kid's sport, making that kind of money. That kind of money can set you up for the rest of your life. Not to say that he isn't already, okay? I'm not assuming anything. There's a song out there that Jamie Johnson cut, and I don't know if he wrote it. I don't know who wrote it. You might know. It's called You Can't Cash mm-hmm. My Checks. Is that the theme that, that you're talking about with LaRoche? Is that what that means? Is that you can't cash my checks. You can't tell me how I'm going to make a living. If you, don't, if you don't accept me for who I am and who my kid is, you're not going to write me my checks. Is that what that song's about, you think? Yeah, I mean, and that's just that's how he is. And, and for the most part, how most of us are that we're you know, a big family, like, you know, you see, you know, them guys posting pictures of them pranking me with uh, dog eating and tricking me into eating dog treats, you know, yeah. swapping labels and pulling pranks on each other and just goofing off. And yeah, great. Everyone wants, you know, you shot a big buck. Good job. You know, a lot of people shoot big bucks, but I think the fans enjoy seeing people genuinely enjoying each other's company. It's like a fellowship. And, you know, they're all just, you know, God fearing just country boys, you know, and they're we just I mean, everybody's like, what do you so what do you do with Jason Aldean? What do you do with Luke Brown? When Jason calls me or Luke it's about fishing. Well, Jason now it's it's about studio time because I'm working with, with Aldean, but uh he's just a he's just like me. We're just, you know, buddies and you know, and, you know, like damn good friends. That's all I did with him. Um, it's we it we just act we're just normal guys. Jason so what, just has a lot more money. So than that, I do. So, but that all the mentality of you can't cash my checks it yeah. rings true with all of you, right? Like yeah, it's, you're it's, not you're it's, not going to suffice who you are. Or you're not going to change who you are for the man. And that's yeah. what that's what that song's about. And that's what LaRoche did, right? Yeah, that's exactly what he did. He said, "Okay, well, you won't let me do this. I'm, I don't need to play baseball anymore." Couldn't he ask for a trade? He could have, but. He, you know, he values, he has good values, values his family. And that's why success is going to come to him because he did the right thing. Everything in life happens for a reason. Yeah, it, um, it, it does. And good, good things come to good people. Bad things happen. And a lot of them we can't explain, but, um, you know, you, you do stuff like that. And, you know, they do these, um, like covert, he goes over to like Thailand for trafficking, like young girls trafficking and just volunteers for this. You know, the E3 Foundation is part of that. To stop it. Yeah, he goes over there. And, like, he's not he's not getting paid, you know. And that's just, that's a, that's, that, that's a man. So when you're talking, I can see how passionate you are about a story like that. When did you know, at what age were you, Tyler, when you developed the ability to write that 
on paper and sing it? Like, when did you become a songwriter? Because right now I could see like, when you hear a story about Adam Roach and you see a man walk away from that and in that, that seems like it's inspiration to, is that how you find inspiration in a song or is it just about a girl and your broken heart and a jukebox and a bar with another neon sign? How did, how, when did you know you were a songwriter in a, and was it at 15 or did, was it when you moved to Nashville? And I'm just asking because it seems to me like you're always as a songwriter, you always have to have like a tablet or a phone ready to go with an idea. Oh, Adam Marouche roach just walked away that's that's about dignity that's about character is that is that how it happens yeah i mean a lot of times i'll be sitting on the bus or could be a movie or a um i'm reading this book called uh no man's and uh no man's an island and uh you know i'll read stuff and i'll get stuff from there something like you know little roach doing that and i'll you know put it into my incorporate my songs because i i value and believe in the same you know thing so i take i'm like okay what are we going to write today and and it might be um a lot of mine is about uh redemption forgiveness you know i should go to church sometime i didn't write that but the stuff i record um you know the song i played you the other day dogs which dogs should live forever uh, my bloodhound died last spring. He was ten and a half, and uh, probably one of the hardest things I ever did. But uh, all 160 pounds of them. But um, I just write about what some singers, you know, country singers. I mean, I'm sure you know some that live in subdivisions, and you know, and they're fine with that. And I'm not. I want to be able to run around naked with my wife behind the house in the country. <laughs> yeah. So. I write about what I live. You know, I'm friends with locals where I live and run trot lines with them and uh, drink a beer with them. And, um, you know, we've fried fish in the river, like had a table and two foot, three foot of water. And, Shore lunch. You know, just That's hanging weird. out. Let's take our boats down there to this spot on the duck. And um, so it, it, I think or that's what I go for. I try to. Um, I don't try. Uh, Merle Hatter, Haggard said this years ago. Um, about ten years ago, I heard this, and I try to live by that. But it says, if "You can, you know, you have a star when you can be the same off the stage and on the stage. You don't have to vary." And that's what I try to live by. And I and I have seen that in you always. You're just you know you're not the entourage kind of guy. You're the you're the guy that's just out there. You're in public. You are just one of the guys. When you're 15, everybody's like that. You get to be 30, and you get number one hits, and you stay like that. That's the secret. Like, not it's 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 easier said than done because that life, that mentality, the the experiences, the things that are being thrown at you can change you. And to be able to stay grounded, which is hard to do, I really truly feel that that's one of the main reasons why people change mentally, their psyche. Um, can they can they go back home and turn it off? When they're on the road, it's red carpets this, Tyler Farr's VIP this. Can you turn it off when you get home? Well, fortunately, <clears throat> fortunately for me, I'm a pretty convicted person. And uh, when I'm maybe about to have any ego trip at all, God will pull that carpet right out from underneath my feet and said, nope, bam, and just hit, the, hit the, throw me on the ground. I'm like, hey, yep. So that, that, that helps, you know, I think. So you have no ego, but 
back to my question about when you knew you were a songwriter and you, it, it takes balls. There's no other way to put it to leave your home and move to Nashville. People do it. I'm not saying that everybody's going to make it. You made it. You left your home and you said, I'm going for it. And when I first met you, 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 you were working at the NWTF festival come, you know, walking around as a hunter, getting your songs out there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you got these number one hits, but did you, when you left your home, it took balls of uh, big balls to do that. Did you know that you were going to make it or were you just saying, Hey, I'm going to go try this. I mean, I didn't what, have a clue. <laughs> what's the mentality, Tyler? Tell me what you're thinking when you leave your home like that. I'm not a big planner. Um, you know, there's a song in a, a van, that Van Zant song uh you want to hear god laugh tell them your plans so i just try not to make them besides like marrying my wife and stuff like that but i just fly by the seat of my, and i'm like <clears throat> i think i want to go to nashville and try to sing and it was literally like that what was going on in your life though were you playing at the church were you playing at the local bar in missouri what was going on to make you even have that thought i had uh i went through like a breakup with my ex you know i was 21, moved to Nashville, drove my Hyundai Tiburon that looked like a NASCAR there, which is very embarrassing playing at Tootsie's Orchid Lounge, getting out of a <laughs> Hyundai Tiburon with a felt cowboy hat and trying to look like, you know, a badass. Uh, it's pretty impossible, but. I like it though. It, I, you know, I did that for two years. Then I moved back to Missouri and worked at a children's rehabilitation facility for kids with affect disorder that had trauma. A lot of them have been molested. A lot of them had seen their parents die, and they were in there for rehab. And it was a year-round thing where they'd stay there. And it was a my the favorite my favorite job besides singing, hands down, because I just I love kids and helping them. And I just I started listening to a lot of Chris Knight, uh, and I love Chris Knight's a reason. One of the reasons I started songwriting. And, God, is he amazing. And Remind uh, me what the song is about burning bridges. He had uh, It Ain't Easy Being he, Me. That's it. That's uh, it. That's the one. He has, he's got all kinds of great songs. So he, are you saying real. right now he's an inspiration to you? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's he, awesome. He, uh, he's a re I started listening to him that summer when I moved back to Missouri because I woke up one night and, you know, I was – not that I – don't drink too much now for a normal person, but I was drinking way too much back then. And I'm like, I don't want to end up in a bar because I saw people playing it. To, and, that's, and that's fine at that, but I wanted to sing my own songs. I wanted, I had more to say. I moved back to Missouri to kind of reevaluate. And that's when Red Akins called me and <clears throat> got a hold of my, a demo I did, or a, a CD. We made a, an album when I was 18. Went to Nashville. My stepdad played with George Jones for 15 years, and that's how I got in. To At 18, so this is before you moved. This mm -hmm. is with Rhett. When I was 18, I I did a CD. It wasn't with Rhett. I made an album just to to shop around. This guy said he's gonna make me a big star. Never he he didn't he didn't. <laughs> I had to kind of do it myself. But I went to Nashville when I was 18. Recorded it. You know, I was still in, or 17, I came back to Missouri, you know, I was still in high school. And that's what I would hand out to, you know, people at NWTF, like when I met you and stuff, hey, listen to this, if you like it, I'll write, write a song for your show. And I've probably written like four songs for shows. And I, so half of them, I can't even remember what shows they were. I'd just write them for them just to, because I thought it was cool to have a song on an opening of a show. 
And uh, Rhett called me when I was back in Missouri. Uh, stayed there for about a summer, a little over summer. And I was going to go back to college and uh, was going to uh, major in fish and wildlife management. I wanted to be a, a Department of Natural Resources because I loved, always loved the outdoors. And you know, that was my minor in college. And uh, he called me and said, hey, do you write? your own stuff and I said I've been writing that that summer in Missouri I was staying with my aunt and uncle and that's when I started really writing and they weren't really good songs they weren't actually they were terrible but I think they're terrible but I remember Rhett came over my now booking agent that I met when I was 16 because my stepdad I played with George Jones knew her is still my booking agent to this day at William Morris um, I lived lived with her got evicted out of you know, multiple apartment complexes. One time, I think, for shooting my bow, arrow into the wall, putting a football helmet on, running through a fence. It's all just a bunch of stupid stuff, but it all kind of, you know, the the heartbreak, the, you know, with a girl, you know, being a victim, you know, you gotta get down to the bottom. You gotta go through a lot of, basically I'm saying you gotta go through a lot of crap to be able to write great songs that I'm still, don't consider myself a great songwriter. I have a long ways to go, and I'm always learning. Um, but it going through all that stuff helps build, you know, your character and your appreciation. And like, um, I mean, we I moved moved down to one bus this year, and I've been on two buses. I've been spoiled for the last six years. I moved me down to one bus because my business manager said it would save me, you know, I think a hundred thousand dollars, and I'm like. If it's gonna save me that, I'll pile on with my band guys, and you know, it's it's I don't I don't need all the glitz and glamour and all that stuff, um, and that's just how I've been. I, I'm I mean I've I just post I posted on my Instagram the other day. I bought a three hundred sixty dollar above ground pool and put it right in my backyard. <laughs> there ain't nothing better. And you know, I just I I don't need a lot to make me happy. If I can hunt and fish. I'm singing and writing. I'm, I'm good. But Red Red Aikens and the Peach Pickers, Dallas Davidson and Ben Hayslip, they they that was right when they had put a girl in it. And Dallas had done wrote Honky Tonk Badonka Donk. And Luke was sick one day. He goes, Red, uh, I got fast forwarded there a minute, but Red said, "Can you when are you come? Are you gonna come back to Nashville?" I said, "Yeah, you know if you think you could." Would like to work with me? He said, "Yeah, just let me know when you get here." And like next, next three weeks later, you know, I'd put my notice in at the job I was at and moved to Nashville. And next thing I know, I'm in the studio with Red and Dallas, and they slip. And Luke Bryan was sick and couldn't sing the demo on a song, so he wrote it with them, and I sang it. I remember the song was called "Perfect Kind of Pretty." I like, and, and they said, "Well, who's gonna sing?" I said, "I can sing it." And they said, "You just heard it." And I said, I can sing it. I just, I've heard it four times. Like, I can do it, and I still have it on my phone. But um, this was before uh, Blessing in, Dis in Disguise, kind of. Um, but singing in that Tootsie's when they were smoking, and you couldn't even see the back of it because there was so much smoke in there, kind of made my voice unique and different. Um, and it, it was a blessing, but... I will sound like Clint Eastwood in 20 years, if I don't already, <laughs> or Sling Blade. 
but it, it so that they got me going and then from there it was it was a slow climb i mean it was a i moved national i'm 35 i moved national when i was 21 so wow i didn't have my first number one you know i played in gold ford's band was selling you know that camouflage cd that you have here and you're in the table in signs. the table uh, the EP, I was, I was walk, I was just standing. I was playing with Colt Ford. I was standing in his autograph lines, selling those for five dollars. I sold twenty nine thousand of them by myself. Wow! And the label, you know, Sony said, "Oh, well." Wait a minute, hold on. The, before you say what the label did, you're in Colt's band, or you're opening was, for Colt? I was opening, and I was singing for about two and a half hours a night. I would sing open for 30 so minutes. that's why the cds are selling because you're they're hearing your songs before colt goes on yeah i was using the colt was you know it's one of my best friends and he was um colt ford that is and um i was opening up for him using his band he let me use his band i'd pay them out and then be on stage singing acoustic you know singing dirt road anthem and stuff me and him and brantley on the road and oh, that's so cool um singing these songs before you know before Dirt Road Anthem is what it is now because it's Jason and stuff. And uh, that's just what I did. And Sonny saw I was selling a lot. And they said, There's, you know, you got a fan base going. And I was carrying around a, a binder, a sign-up list for my fan club with email addresses. And I had, like, I'd just go to the line. They'd buy a CD. I'd have them put their email down. And that's how you started your fan club? Yeah, I mean, it's just an old... It, it, they don't it, nowadays it doesn't really work like that i don't or at least to me it doesn't it you don't see a ton of people some you do but for the most part you don't see them coming through the honky tonks you know the first the first show my wife my now wife went with me to she wasn't my wife at the time i was in a van we called the three-legged dog it was an old beat up white like econoline line 12 passenger van pulling a U-Haul trailer going to Wise, Virginia, and me and my wife shared a bench seat. And that redneck crazy just came out. It wasn't done even charted. Um, and so I was like, well, she ain't in it for the money because I ain't got a damn dime to my name. Right well, now. I, I got to have clarification real quick. This is how long after you sang the demo for Red Akins? After, well, you're 21 when you moved to Nashville. This was... Redneck 26, 28, 28 years old. So it's seven years. Let's say it's six to seven years after you moved to Nashville. You're in a you're in a van pulling a trailer to Virginia from Nashville to go sing with your future wife, who's your girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And Redneck Crazy has just been released. Yeah. Which is quite arguably one of it's probably your biggest hit of all time. Yeah, that and Guy Walks in a Bar. I think all the singles, Guy Walks in a Bar, Whiskey in My Water, and Redneck Crowd, I think, they all, I think they're all, I think they've all went platinum. I'm not sure, but they, yeah, Redneck Crazy was definitely the pivotal point for me. Um, okay, back to the story. I want to, We're going to get to Redneck Crazy because there's some lines in that song that every man in the world has gone through, which is like, wow, like somebody really put that on paper, really put a pin to this about, about the shadows and the rocks throwing. And, and there's a line in there that goes, I'm about to get my pissed off on. Like, that's awesome, right? Like off and on. Like, I'm about to get my pissed off on. Is it how it goes? Yeah. 
we can get to it but okay so you're you're rolling to virginia and redneck crazy is 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 released and you got a radio team that's now pushing it to radio and this is probably before the days of satellite radio really took over yeah yeah. this is just fm right this is before xm you may have just in serious may have just just started so there was it wasn't like are you signed to a label at this point yeah i'm uh so i left my previous label about uh, eight months ago and signed about probably three months ago uh jason aldean called me and uh you know we were already good friends we toured two years together back to back i was around him more than i was around my wife and uh just came real close and stuff and yeah, he was in my wedding. I was in his wedding, and he called me and and said, "Hey, man, let's. I want you over here. I'm gonna. I'm like, what do you? He's like, I want to start. I'm gonna start my own imprint, which is a subsidiary off of uh, Broken Bow Records. Um, he started Night Train Records, and uh, I'm the only artist on it. He said, I want to start this. You know, I, I don't think I've hit your you've hit your peak yet I, I think you're just you're not even started yet like to what we, we could have here and he's like artist of the decade and he, yeah so he just got artist of the decade strong he's strong they released it and that was a kind of breath of fresh air for me to have you know someone you looked up to i mean i remember in tootsie's singing amarillo sky in hicktown i didn't even know him yet. there was a guy in tootsie's that was like the house guy that would get up on the barns and he always reminded me of aldine am i ringing the yeah, bell at all? scott collier had the cowboy and yeah. he was he was probably an artist at one time and probably got you know he's he, he became a broadway artist right and he rocked tootsie's many a nights looking mm-hmm. like aldine with the, the yeah. jeans and the hat on and the in the the flant not the flannel but the country wrangler shirt with the sleeves yeah. on tight a lot of people get stuck in that transition. I want to go back to really quick though, is that you had that you had, there was a chance you would go there and become maybe just a, a Broadway act that played Midtown one once a week, played the tin roof once a week, played blue, blue, bluebird cafe, whatever. Yeah. Right. When you're going to Virginia with your wife, you're on, you're on a label and you're, you're got a, you have a, a potential hit on the radio. You have a record label at that time. This is, Six years after you moved to Nashville, you've already you got a record deal. I don't know what the average is or what how long it usually takes. Was this surprising to you that it's happening this fast? That seems fast to me. Or is it, it usually a two? It, or, it may have been longer than that. I, I now hell I'm almost I'll be thirty six in February, but it was a long. I mean twenty one the age of twenty one moving to Nashville to the age of pretty much twenty eight. I think when I uh, Redneck Crazy came out, but I had you know two singles that you know bombed before Redneck Crazy, and I just I was, it, it and it pissed me off, and I said, well, I I didn't come here to hit bunts. I'm pointing the bat towards the fence and swinging, and I knew Redneck Crazy was going to be huge, or was going to be a total failure. And I was just, you knew it was going to be either one of those. I, it was going to. What, what were you? What was your label and your buddies telling you at the time when you when when you cut it or when you're thinking about? No, my label was scared. You know, crap. Just because you're like, man, I don't know about this. This is, you know, I was the black sheep over there. Uh, you know, Miranda's over there. She's a little edgy and stuff, but she's I, awesome. I, I, was, I just want to yeah, make sure that everybody knows. I think yeah, she's awesome. She is awesome, and 
But I, I was uh, the guy that was saying stuff in a song now that people thought, but then wouldn't say it. You know, you, they're not bringing up, driving by an ex-girlfriend's house, or you're, you just broke up when it happens all the time. And, you know, people blew it up. I was like, oh, domestic disturbing to be abuse. I'm like, no, you're, you're hard thinking way too hard. It was a f song that was funny to me and edgy to me, and it was just real. Like, hey, this is sophomore year high school when you get your driver's yeah, license. Yeah, I mean, this, is, this girl broke here. your heart. And this you're going a, by and be like, I wonder if Bill's over there or <laughs> whoever. Wait, this is a good, this is a different, uh, Rhett kind of gets, gets you the phone call to get you back to Nashville or at least talk to you about joining him or, or working with him. Rhett had a song about this almost yeah. kind of too. Well, it's the same uh, thing. What was it? Uh, that ain't my truck. That ain't my truck. Yeah. Not, a, not, not to the level that you went. Yeah. Though. I, I just took it there. He just stopped at seeing the truck and he yeah. turned around. You're, yeah. you're getting your pistol. I, I want to get into that song because it really like, when I hear it, I'm like, I remember those days. I remember that because when you sang that song last night, and I don't know how much we can get into the new music, which I loved it about, about people staying together. And I wish girls couldn't break hearts. I'm thinking like they, that's real life. They, hearts get broken and people are constantly going in and out of this. So it's like that reoccurring theme now that Tyler Farr, here he is a few years later after he has this huge hit with Redneck Crazy. Now he's singing another song about broken hearts. Does every song come with personal experience? Or are you in a place loving now to where can you write a love song that's 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 uh, that's positive about that's optimistic about love the outcome of love we're gonna be together forever I can I can I can totally do that now um, but was there a time in your life to where everything was like yeah, yeah I mean I was rock bottom I've been there several times I mean I, the reason I quoted read that crazy I caught my ex at her in at her in a line she was at her ex's house. Ugh. And the dude probably whipped the tar out of me. He's a lot bigger than me. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe I've just been mad enough for how to whip him. Is whip the tar, is that a Southern term? I don't know. <laughs> I like that. Whip the tar out of me. You don't so, hear that where we're at right now, bro. But, you know, I went, I saw her car there. And, I, you know, I was, I didn't throw beer cans. I've seen stuff. I said choice words. They were, and I knew they were inside. And I was just mad and blah, blah, blah. And then, uh. That, but it was the, one of the pluggers in Nashville. I remember you know, her playing that song for me in my truck. She's like, you've got to hear the song because she knew what I'd went through. So, yeah, there's been heartbreak and there's been – but and then here lately, you know, I've been married for almost coming up it'll, in October. It'll be three years now. So it, it is a little more difficult when you're not in that spot to write the songs, but I can write them. Like I find myself – I have to – I'll put myself – it's like acting almost. I'll put myself back in that state of mind years ago when I was getting my heart broken, you know, this, that, you know, just edgy. That's, you know, that's what country music started. You know, he stopped loving her today. Uh, you oh. know, you're cheating hard oh. by Hank Sr. You know, it was started. It wasn't, it wasn't all sunshine and flowers like it is nowadays. Why, know? why? Tyler, tell me. And that's not real life. Why is, is it because the audience has changed? Is it because the consumer has changed? Has social media changed the ability? When you go, it seems to me like 
a song like, okay, I'm just going to pick one. And if you don't want to talk about this, then just tell me to shut the you-know-what up. Cruise. The, 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 the numbers that Cruise did when it came out by Florida Georgia Line. I, I look at that as not a, it's, it, it almost was kind of hip hopish, popish, uh, boy bandish to me when it came out. Now I'm not, I will never, I, I've gone on record and said that I'm not a fan of theirs and I will say that, but I'm not going to degrade somebody for making a living or getting something that's hot. They, to each their own. I'm not jealous of the song. I'm just saying like what you just explained to me was like kicking the foot. Like there's a line in the song. I've been throwing horseshoes over my left shoulder. And when I hear those words and when I hear that song about, about, you know, Merle Haggard and what he put together about love, that's the way love goes. To me, that's country. And then today you fast forward to 2013 or when 14, 15, whenever that song came out and we're talking about, you know, this hot shit coming out of the water and 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 i get it there's a place for everything but has, has the audience changed has nashville changed has the want changed what is driving it to where a song like i don't even know if i've been thrown or that's the way love goes would make it today i don't really know if george jones would make it today in nashville yeah i don't uh, <clears throat> i could agree with you on that like there's there's songs uh i mean the Gambler. I, I, don't, I don't know if that song would stand the time. It wouldn't do it today. The time of day in Nashville. Um, you know, <clears throat> yeah, unfortunately, because it's a great song, but it's like a music, country music's like a fort. And <clears throat> no, I don't ride around listening to Brian and Tyler, the full George Line, and they're buddies of mine. And, you know, I don't ride around listening to their stuff. I can appreciate, you know, them, you know, they were in a van too. I remember when they were in a Sprinter van, you know, playing before me, you know, they, they hit a niche and they, they had a certain <clears throat> sound, but, and, and that's great. But I think, and there's, it's always like a fork. It, it goes this way and that way. And, and then I think, you know, they, and, turn it around i think uh <coughs> excuse me uh, i think they were smart by putting out the song dirt to bring it back <coughs> kind of i think they knew they kind of needed to bring it back a little bit to the roots and stuff and they know the roots and they're good good dudes and that that really helped them and then uh the, you know just their catchy songs but um i think the main like um holy you know um you know, love that song. Cool song. But there's room. The good thing is there's room for everything now. You you don't have to. If you want to do country hip hop or hiccup, whatever they call it, you can do that. If you want to do, I, I just, I focus more on just doing what I know. And I always have done it. I did it when I made that camouflage EP sitting right there. I would do it now and record country music and some of it, it's you know it's i do country rock and that's what i do and um i try not to worry about what everybody else is doing or what the fads are i mean for, you God, ever, for god's ever, sakes car hearts are popular in la now and it's yeah and dickies it's, it's like they're growing everywhere like, aren't they? you know i guess i was cool and i didn't even know it you know camouflage but, i wrote uh, a song called camo's the new black <laughs> with john rich and 
it's like hillbilly Gucci, you know, and it was kind of poking fun of like all these designers are making everything like camo now. And I'm like, man, I've been cool. All, I've been in style all these years. And I had no clue, you know, but I think country music is a fork and it goes, it comes and it goes, and, you know, you'll have a Jamie Johnson come through and you're like, Oh, you know, thank, the best of all thank you, Jesus. And then you have a Chris Stapleton come through and you're like, okay. So there's, there's room. And it, it's, if you look back at, you know, when Shania Twain come out, it, they thought, I mean, they were like, this is way too pop, but you know, and then it blew up and it incredibly blew up. And Garth, I mean, that was considered almost like, like a pop country back then. It was really, it was, was it like, really? a, it was cause he was running around on stage and it, different you, than George you, Strait. You, you just didn't do there. that. Yeah. George would just stand there or somebody like that. Right. Yeah. And so, Garth was swinging from ropes and shit. Yeah. So, you know, I, that's why I just try to focus on what I do and try not to, you know, overthink things um yes social media has affected it uh this uh the now society that we live in where kids and people want everything now now and they can get it that quick you know if they're not buying albums instant gratification they're buying the single yeah. they want they want a single so. they might not even be buying it and 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 a label will sign uh an artist that they have oh like that's a hit let's sign them instead of yarn well, let's invest long term and think about this because we want to. They, they're looking. You know, a lot of them look for the next, just hit, and then it's like, well, what do you do there? You know. So, I'm kind of more of a I'm mud bogging up a hill slowly. I'm for the. I'm all. I'm about the marathon, not the sprint. You know. And you're young because 35 is young, but to think that you've been in Nashville <laughs> for 14, going on 15 years now. And what you've accomplished is unbelievable. I'm not kissing your ass. I have no reason to kiss your ass. But what I'm saying is, is that you have another 35. I mean, Willie Nelson's 87. There's guys that are, there's, okay, let's take George Strait. George Strait's probably 67. There's guys that are 55, like Ronnie Dunn, who has arguably one of the best voices, in my opinion, of all time in country music. Is it safe to say that Nashville is not a country music city anymore? I know it's called Music City USA, but when you think about Nashville, you think country music. Is it is it not country music anymore? Is it? I know country music's still there. Is it still prevalent, or is it the? Is there more? There's pop now. There's rap now. Uh, Kings of Leon is out of Nashville, I believe. Yeah, they're badass. <clears throat> it's there's rock bands. There's rap. You know, Rhett and Dallas and them guys. They you know they were beach pickers. They were riding with you know T Pain. He came in to ride with them because I mean they've ridden. I don't even know. I won't even. How many hits they wrote? I don't, I don't even know. But, uh, you know, T-Pain was written with, and I, I like rap. I like I love rock. Rap. I like, you know, I like Metallica. I like ACDC. I Guns like and Tupac. Roses. Guns I like and Roses. Notorious B.I.G. Just say Guns and Roses. Al Dean loves Guns and Roses. He's into all that rock and stuff. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's more just music city now. It's not. It, it It's a total different feel. You go down on Broadway now, you'll see kids with, iPads and iPhones in front of them, you know, reading lyrics and just singing them. And I think it's slipped a little bit away from actually living it, um, going through, you know, bad times and hard shit. And you, you can just, you can sing a song or you can like sing a song and make someone feel it. And, when I was 
doing it there. You know, there wasn't no iPhones. We weren't looking at lyrics. You had to memorize Dixieland a lot and, you know, Sweet Home Alabama and all those songs. And there wasn't no iPads. And it's it was, there was like six main uh, Broadway singers. And we all knew each other. And, you know, Craig Campbell, buddy of mine, he was down there. And it was, just, there were about four honky-tonks, main ones. And now you go down there. Oh, God. And it's just a, it felt like a small town back then, and it's just changed. Um, do you so do you much. like Nashville still, or do you? Is that why you stay forty miles south? I I I like Nashville. I'm not gonna go to Nashville for fun. <laughs> so you're not. No, I mean I get, I've seen you at Losers before. Back yeah, in the day when you oh were, back in the day yeah it, I mean, but it's. It's just there's too many people for me. I, don't, I you know, I, I love people. Obviously, I wouldn't be in this industry, but it's just, I just changed. It's not that small town. You know, we sang till two, our shift from ten to two thirty in the morning. Go to the Hermitage Cafe, and you you might see Doug Stone stumble in. You might see Doug Stone, what a stone. John Michael Montgomery. You might. There's no telling who you would see, and it was a little little hole in the wall little breakfast joint and you'd go there and you'd sober up and eat breakfast and and when the sun came up you drove home when you were safe to drive and sobered up you went stuff. to sleep and you could go <laughs> home and you slept all day and you got up and honky tonked it again god it's i mean that's uh, the way it's supposed to be though right or was is that a misconception i mean that's what uh, way, that's the best what, way i know how to describe is uh, that myrtle haggard song or the good times really over you know, if I was rolling downhill yeah, like, like a, a snowball, snowball headed for hell, no, no chance. You know, the liberty. It, and it's you know that's. I'm I'm like an I'm an old soul. I have been since I was twenty. Um. But, I've you know my. I wrote a song a while back. My grandpa used to say all the time. I just called. I hope I don't lived to see that day and uh i wrote it you know probably seven years ago and uh that's it's got i, I like and i've written a song called some things you shouldn't change you know it's like if it ain't broke don't fix it like facebook you know is good for keeping up with people that you can't you know but everything us as human beings we tend to abuse things and that's what's happened with all these social media stuff and you you know you have to watch what you say what you do and to be just very frankly just blunt uh, everyone's afraid of pissing someone off or offending somebody and it's just that everybody lives in fear of offending somebody or hurting somebody and it's just and i just it's it's i don't i don't live that way you know, if you aren't offending somebody, you ain't doing something right. Yeah, or making somebody talk about it. When, when you bring up social media, does it ever have the effect of you of where it's so easy to figure out what your competition? I'm not saying that other singers are competition. That's probably a bad a bad word to use. But somebody's getting more gigs. Somebody's got a bigger record deal. Somebody's on the, doing this right. Somebody's on Fallon. Somebody's on Colbert. Whatever. When you, it's so easy. It's at your fingertips. You see it. It's right there in your face. Do you ever have to turn it off because you're like got to shake yourself, or are you the mindset Tyler Farr of saying, "I support them. Go get yours. Go do it." I'm, you know, I don't. 
I don't hate anybody. Like, I'm, they go do your thing. I'm like, I'm satisfied with my career. If I, I may never have another hit the rest of my life, and I'll be perfectly happy. My 2,300-square-foot H-frame cabin and 140 acres, I'm fine. I'm, uh, that's all I need. I got a tractor, a couple labs. Um, is it all you need or is it all you want? Uh, you want more though, right? Yeah, sure. It'd be nice. I, I love You're doing... You're working towards I love what I'm doing. I mean, but everything, I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, everything from here is a bonus. I'll keep doing it and until uh, you know, I can't anymore. Do you ever get to the point to where you would you would say i'm done with the politics of it i don't want to play the game anymore is it a game or is it still to where you can go in and be you is that what this is i want to is it is it do you like being on the bus do you like being on the road do you like being in the meet and greets which we could talk about which are really weird we to me they're really weird but do you enjoy the lifestyle because you keep saying all I want to do is be on my John Deere and my mowing my grass and fishing for crappie in my backyard. Do you like? Okay, and I'm gonna just guess this. I'm gonna I'm gonna play I'm gonna play like I think I know how your life is. Monday through Wednesday, your family man. Thursday, you probably get on a plane and fly to the show, and then the buses meet you there. You do the show on Thursday night. You get on the bus. You go to the next town on Friday. You play Friday night. You get on the bus. You go to the next town Saturday. Sunday, you fly home to Mama. And now you're back with Mama in Tennessee. And then you got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You're back on it, right? Do you like it? Is that how it goes? I'm going to keep doing it until I quit. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Um, My wife knows uh, now, and she's very supportive. She's a critical care nurse. So I was one of the smart artists married a married up <laughs> married a woman that makes good money and i mean we don't even have the same banking accounts and and <laughs> she, she's really pretty yeah and she just she pays for pretty much her own stuff and i pay for the house and stuff and everything you know and take care of her and we take care of each other you know we're friends and um I, I enjoy doing it but it takes me when i get home on sunday you're not if you were to say you had a hidden camera in our house you're not going to see us talking a whole lot sunday if i make it back in church time church good church but i will be out by my pond i'll go feed my catfish and stuff and just sit there or go to the river and i don't i need like one day to just me time you know and i'll or i'll get on my uh I don't have a zero turn. I have one of old school John Deere's with the steering wheel and the rabbit and the turtle. Oh, yeah. I'll be on that. And I'll mow my grass or uh, do whatever. I uh, help put in food plots and stuff. And and I don't. I get on Instagram maybe once a day. Some days I don't even get on there. and it's, But it's only for about 30 minutes. And then I'm done with it for the day my phone stays on vibrate a lot of people get pissed because i don't text them back and it's not that i'm being rude i just you have to make time for yourself you know that's a big thing i've learned for you know just growing older and stuff you gotta make sure make sure you're happy instead of because you know you i you get used to i'm a people pleaser you want to do that but you got to make sure you're happy as well and that's what 
makes me happy is fishing and hunting and you know, spending time with my wife and I, and singing too but uh i kind of flip it off when i go home i'm like i'm all or nothing so if i'm songwriting i'm everything around me is like not even there i'm just focusing on writing songs if i'm putting on a show my main focus is putting on the best show i can and you're not always going to have the best show you've ever put on i mean you know michael jordan didn't always play his best game the best he could um and that was something i had to realize because it i've i beat myself up a lot and stuff but it you know that's that's what makes you better so it's uh i enjoy it and i'll keep doing it until i'm not done do you do you enjoy the artistic value of it do you take pride in what you're getting ready to do tonight you are going to be in front of five thousand people here in the next hour and a half two hours you're going to be singing songs that you wrote co-wrote pinned put on top of the charts you've been paid a good living to do these songs some of these songs were released up to seven eight nine years ago do you still when you hear that first strum of that guitar and you know your band's going into it is it meticulous is it boring is is all get up or is it like hey this is what made me. When I left Missouri, this is what I came to do. I'm in the Western United States now, playing in front of a sold-out crowd in an arena. Do you still get off on it? Yeah, I mean, I, it's just what I do. Like, I don't really don't think about it. It just I just get on stage and do it, and I like entertaining people and like hearing people scream. And, you know, I've if there's someone out there and I've, see him yawning or something sometimes i've called him out and i'll back in the day you know i'll hop off stage and go grab him in the audience pull him up on stage if i saw him one person yawns you know so i'm a i want you know people to enjoy themselves and i look at it literally the same show every way and which is i'm hosting a party and my job is to make sure that everyone has a great time and that's that's how I, that's is about as simple as I look at it. So you can go back home on today's today's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday. So you can go back home in four days, and when you get there and you're feeding your catfish and you're on your rabbit and your turtle, John Deere, your wife's in the house making sweet tea. You forget everything that just happened the last four days. These big crowds, these screams, and it's just on to the next town. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, just your job. It's what you no, do. Yeah, I just I just I enjoy doing it, and that's. What I do, I just get up there and sing and hope they like it. And I just keep doing that. I, I'm, you know, grateful for it. And it's people are like, what's it feel like? And I'm like, what's what feel like? And they're like, well, singing in front of that many people. And, and I'm like, it feels good. And I'm like, sometimes it may come off as that I'm not grateful for it, but it's, it's just another part of life for me. I just want to, I'm fortunate enough to get paid to do something I love to do. So it's like putting my waking up and putting some pants on to me. I I find it hard to believe though that you can just look at me in the face like you are. We're looking eye to eye, and you're telling me that it's just a job because to me it's the ultimate. It's the Mike 
I, I'm not name dropping here, but you freaking FaceTimed Mike Trout last night. He's the best baseball player in the game right now, arguably going to be one of the best of all time when it's all said and done. Yeah. And you have a life to where you can just FaceTime Mike Trout and text Lee Bryce and say hello to Jared Neiman and call Jamie Johnson and meet and meet Kid Rock out fishing. That's not a fucking normal life, bro. How can you just turn that off and tell me that your roots are so grounded that none of that sticks with you when you get home on Sunday feeding your catfish? I don't understand. How can you turn that off and just go back to being Tyler from Missouri? Because I just stay Tyler from Missouri. And if you stay like that, you don't have to turn it off. Ooh, I like that. I just stay that, like I said that Merle Haggard saying, you know, get on the stage, get off the stage and don't change. So what does it take for your fans and your audience to know that your attitude is like that? Do you say that in your song? Do you have to write a book? Is it on your website and your bio? Does everybody that follows Tyler Farr know how humble you are and that you understand where you came from and that you're still just Tyler from Missouri? I, I think so. I hope so. I, I, I'd like to think that I've made that prevalent, you know, in my how I conduct myself and my business and with the crew I employ, you know, employ 20-plus some people. Um, and I make sure they, you know, if someone's not, they're being rude to somebody, you know, I'm like that, you're not representing my, we don't do that, it's not my brand. You know, we're, so I, I try to, I don't really try, I just, I treat everybody the same. Because I heard a saying years ago, don't treat everybody the same, be nice to everyone. You know, because you never know who you're going to be working for. And will I be working for someone I was being? I don't have to worry about that because I treat. I'll talk to Mike Trout the same as I'm talking to you. I'll talk to you the same as I talk, I've seen it. I've talk seen it. to yeah, my, I've seen it. my buddy. Um, I saw how you talked to my family last night, my sister-in-laws, and hugging them. And, and, and that's what I was trying to wonder is I was like, this is what I do. When you come to my house, this is what I get. This is what you get. Like, I have my family with me all the time because I'm very rarely here. So when I'm here, I want to have my friends and my family here. So when Tyler Farr comes here, I'm thinking, I wonder if it's the right move to have my nieces here and my sister here. And then you come in here and you're just like, get it, boy. You're talking to my nephew. You're talking to my, you're hugging my sister-in-law. You're doing things that you like you've been here for the last three weeks at our barbecues, right? You fit right in. So I was like, man, that's really cool that he's not, I guess the word, the two words prima donna comes to mind is like, you could have very easily been like, hey man, I didn't expect all this. You know, like I didn't want to like throw something at you that you weren't expecting, but it was just a cookout, right? To you, it's just like what you do when you're home. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's hard to explain because people will go, well, I was, I was, for instance, I was at Duck Calf with Tyler Jordan down at the Grove in, uh, in Arkansas, duck hunting. I've just got into duck hunting the last three years, and this uh, guy, one of the guys there that owned it, Jamie, is a, his daughter, I think, or another guy was there, his daughter, so they're, you know, these kids, they, they're all about social. Oh, my gosh, you know, you have 580,000 followers, whatever. I don't even know how many I have. Followers on, on Instagram? Over, over 2 million on Facebook. There's or... something. I, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, no. How does it, how do you, I want to be famous. How do you, what is it, what do you do when you're at home? Or what do you do, what do you, 
are you friends of famous people? Or what What do they do? Whatever. And Jason's the same way, you know. Aldini, it's just, that's why we're friends. And I don't, the first time, the first day on tour, how we became friends, I just walked up on his bus and knocked and said, hey, anybody up here? He's like, yeah, come on up, man. And that's back when he smoked and he smoked a cigarette. I said, man, thanks for having me out. Appreciate it. Blah, blah. I was like, yeah, sit down. We just hit it off. And, you know, after the shows became, you know, I'm in there impersonating FGL and impersonating him, and he's laughing. They're laughing their butts off, and we're just doing normal stuff. So it's. So um, you're just a dude that has an uh, instrument that elevated you to a level of being blessed to have some number one hits. Jason Aldean's just a dude. I mean, the guy, I've seen him at shows. I've seen him on stage. I've seen He flew him. Southwest to get his Artist of the Decade Award. No, he did not. I promise you. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. And George Strait gave it to him. And he was nervous as I've ever seen a... I mean, how could you not be... I mean... He was nervous as a night crawler in Luke Bryan's Lake. I know that. <laughs> is... 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 is Aldine 40 yet? I don't know how old he is. Is he your he's age? He's 42. Oh, so he's 42. Artist of the decade. That means that he started that decade at 32, and he has one of, I would say, the greatest country singer of all time, probably one of them, George Strait. He's got the most number one hits of all time. He's arguably the best, right? He mm-hmm. hands this Artist of the Decade award off to Aldine. As his friend, do you strive for that? Do you support that? Do you text him and say, I, you probably already knew he was getting it. I get that part of it. But is it something that you wake up in the morning and you go, look, I don't have as many hits as Aldine. I've got a good amount of hits. Um, my tour isn't as strong as Aldine's right now. Maybe I don't know where you're at in your tour at that time when he got that. But is it something that makes you... Uh, not just persevere through the through like getting through that the, that part of saying, man, I'm not the artist of the decade. But now, are you like, I want to be that in the next ten years? Or does it? Do you? Because a lot of competitive athletes get like that. They see Trout win, you know, get the batting title, the MVP, and they're like, that's what I'm going to strive for next year. Does it do that to an artist? Or do you look at it like, man, I just want to get in the room and write with Jason now. He's still my buddy. You know, you're, he ain't going to treat you any different. But do you, as a a a, 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 a singer songwriter artist, Tyler, do you go? I got to get there. No, uh, I've never, you know, awards. Uh, yeah, they ain't going to go with you when you die. And they're just made of material. Right. And um, it'd be great to get that, but I don't, I'm not going, I got to get that. I gotta, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that. Uh, sure, I, I want, I would love to be an artist of the decade or, male vocalist of the year but my main goal is literally when i die for people to go man he was a good good dude man and that's it that's all i want is when i'm gone that people are like i want a ton of people at my funeral and everybody be like man he's one of the best guys i've ever met that's it So, I don't. I, I try not to want. That. I, I do what I do, and you kind of stuck me there because I, I, I these questions come to mind of how how I I view Nashville and how I see um, artists 
that some of them come and go, some of them stay there, some of them have a real long tenure. When you pick somebody like you that has had success at the radio level, at the touring level, and continues to grow his brand, if it if you if you don't keep it going at 35 years old, if you don't strive to get that artist of the decade or that that entertainer of the year, the artist of the year, you're building a brand. You're an entrepreneur right now. You're an artist, yes. You're a songwriter, yes. You're a guitar picking badass, yes. But you still are running a business. You got to keep the blood flowing through that business. Oh yeah. So you have to find inspiration, but not just inspiration and determination. You have to find that that attitude of like, dude. I, I, I'm not stopping here. My question to you is, can you make a living doing music without being at Al Dean's success? And are you there to where you've accepted that? Or are you going to go to that level of, of stadiums and headliners and all that shit? I guess what I'm saying is I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't... Uh, God makes my plans. I don't make them. I just, I just, I do the best that I can. Every day I get up and try to go, I'm going to play a better show than I played last night. I'm going to write better songs. I'm going to be a better person today than I was yesterday, one day at a time. And, you know, all, all I can control is today, like right now. Like I just do, I try to live in the moment a little more nowadays and go, I'm going to do the best I can today. And I think if you do that and do the best you can that day, that will equal stuff like that. As we talked about, good things happen to, you know, good people. And I think if you do that, um, I know if I do that, my, my career will continue to grow. And I'll continue to have songs on the radio. So I don't think 20 years down the road, 15, 10, 5, I'm, Going, I can do the best today. Right now, all I'm thinking about is putting on the best show I can tonight. Because that's the next step. And then you just go, if you start thinking 10 years from now, 50, what do I, what do I want to do? Yeah, my ultimate goal is to be in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Um, so that is a goal? It's a goal, yeah. I mean, but that, that'd Have be, you ever told anybody that that's a goal? Yeah, that was the, I wrote some things down when I moved to Nashville and... Um, a lot of them I've crossed off, you know, the Opry and played the Opry 18 times. Um, I've just getting, you know, we've both gotten older over the years. I'm 35 and I guess you just learn to start to not take things for granted, uh, you know, and just be happy with what you have and do the best you can. And that's all you can do. I mean, because you can't make something happen. But also, I don't. I've fell on my, you know, ass before and had to pull myself back up. I've had the you will again. I've I've had the rug pulled out from underneath me and had to get right back up. And so I'm not going to stop. I just keep going, and you know, till they put me seven foot under. They're going to put you a foot steeper than most? Oh, yeah, six foot. <laughs> well, that might be a new song. Yeah, I want to go eight foot. I'm going to You want to go down to the fresh dirt? Yeah. If you, had, if you had to tell me 
what is the main how can I say this when you're in a town that my business is different like there's people that hunt all over this country there's people that own hunting businesses all over this country you're in this segregated town of Nashville and you are a part of this culture of the who who's and who's nots and who's making it and who's there and who's got the number one hit and you can ride down 16th and 17th Avenue on Music Row and they put up billboards of who's got the hits that week and it's just baba 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 it's just non-stop and I understand what you say about having to turn it off. And here we are now at 35 years old with number one hits, made a good living and making a good living in country music, selling out tours still. And then you sit here and tell me, I went down to one bus this year. I haven't forgot that you said that 30 minutes ago. I'm sitting there going, isn't it supposed to be the opposite? You're supposed to add a bus. You've had some setbacks. And if you haven't, then tell me I'm wrong. If there's a, if it's not a setback, I don't know what the right word is. Is this a comeback of Tyler Farr right now? Or is it more of, it's just been stable, 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 and you're just been on the, on, the, on the same path? Honestly, my business manager just said, you can afford to have two buses, but you're going to save $80,000 and you don't, you know, need, we're not, I'm not playing stadiums right now. I mean, I'll shoot you straight. We're not selling out you know the cincinnati red stadium or the phillies or the the giants the stadium you know we're not i'm not doing that i'm fully aware and i'm i'm fine with that for now and um he just told me i'd save like eighty thousand dollars and this is how a redneck's mind work works is I go, hell that's a tractor all right i'll go down to one bus i don't care <laughs> because a lot of the venues we have i mean Literally, two, another bus would be for my pleasure. Right. And I, I don't need a lot. If you haven't already figured that out by now, it doesn't take a lot. I mean, I've been wearing these clothes for two damn days, for God's sakes. I get that party, Tyler, and I love that party, and I respect <laughs> that party. That's, it's, but, it's, yeah, no, we're, we're – this thing with Jason uh, is – it's a for me, it's a hitting the reset button. And going back to doing, because uh, for a long time, uh, with the old label, I wasn't in a good place. There's a lot of times of depression. There's a lot of times of not feeling good enough. But it made me like, all right, watch this. I can do this. I don't need you to tell me I can do it. I, I didn't have to convince the artist of the decade to sign me no he asked well, he to sign me it. he sees and it. people believing in you like that's what keeps you going fans believe in you fans is it safe something. is it safe to say that 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 city that you live in can chew you up and spit you out because i know for a fact oh, yeah. there's artists that had three number one hits back in the late 90s and the early 2000s that would never hurt again there's been people that have come from texas in the red dirt analogy or ideology that says i'm going to nashville pat green's one of them there's been guys that have made it in texas went to nashville got chewed up spit out you probably never they could probably still sell out green hall or in new Bruffles or somewhere in texas but and i'm not i love pat green I love Corey Morrow, but when you make that jump into Nashville and you get kicked in the nuts and you get kicked back into Dallas or wherever you're at and you're playing at Lukenbach, that town can kick your ass. Your ass hasn't been kicked is all I'm getting at is that how, where does it go from here to where? Well, I've got kicked very strongly in the nuts 
And what it does is it backfires. It doesn't bring me, it just pisses me off. And I'm like, okay, watch this. So you get clever with it. You got to get a new, a new route. You so sign, is it safe, to, Jason is it safe you, to say that four feet from me right now, that Tyler Farr is telling me that we are getting ready to see a, a, a resurrection, or that's not a good word, a, 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 a new rising? Is there something that I can I actually on? joked with Aldine and said the new album's going to be called Resurrection. Did you really? <laughs> well, is it safe to say that something's getting ready to happen? Because when I hear you talk, you got so much passion about it. And the songs that you've made hits, and here's the other thing about your freaking albums, is that the songs that didn't make hits are incredible. The songs that I heard in Lauderdale and Boca Raton and over to the Bahamas with our boy Brett Cannon and those guys that never made it to your albums, I was like, this is the best shit I've ever heard. There was stuff that you were cutting after camouflage. I'm pointing at the CD in here. There was stuff that you cut after that that never made it on your albums that I'm like, dude, this stuff is freaking unreal. So is it safe to say that I'm getting ready to freaking turn on the highway or somewhere in FM cable out here in Reno or something and be like, Tyler's back? Is it, or did you never go away? I'm just asking. I've never went away. I've been doing me, but the different, the big difference is now is that I have a, a guy who is one of my best friends that believes in me behind me. And that's, that's a lot of it is having that person to push you. I've, I've been doing the same thing for it just, I mean, just, doing me but when you don't have someone that believes in you uh, it's not going to happen you know it, it but now i have you know a new set of sales and you know with jason behind me pushing this i said i you know i was talking to him the other day i said man yeah we just need to get some points back on the scoreboard you know just you know, be like I never left. You know, we just need a top, top five, top ten. He's like, you know what? A top ten. He's like, he's like, screw that. I'm, I'm, I want a number one. Oh yeah, yeah, number one. Well, you've been there. You've done it. And that, that's what Je that's what Jason said to me. And I said, I like your plan. And number one, it is sure. That's so. I just, I don't. Uh, I guess I, I don't really try not. I try not to think about it because you can get wrapped up. Wrapped up, and you know, if I sat around and go, "Oh, man, Luke Combs is so huge right now." He was a. I just saw posted. I think he was the only other person besides Johnny Cash to have five songs on the Billboard Hot 100. No way. At the, since Johnny Cash, like that's a big deal, and I'm proud of Luke's. Luke Combs is a buddy of mine. And, um, but I can't compare myself to other people because with art and music and stuff, you can't do that. I don't write music for everyone. I write it for my fans and people that live like me and, uh, you know, Yeah, rednecks just like but me. as a I fan mean, just... tyler far as a fan i can't have redneck crazy a guy walks into a bar whiskey in my water which are three of the i mean when i hear those songs i'm like that's country music i can't have that happen and then nothing 
because of politics or because of bullshit. I don't know what causes it. I'm just simply so saying as a fan, I, I can't have that as a fan because I want more whiskey in my water and I want more Tyler Farr. And when I can't have it, it's that's what that industry is to me. Is like, yeah, Luke's hot right now. Combs has got some hits. I think he had four or five number one hits or whatever you just said. But is it in, in 36 months from now, is it going to be the same deal of like, oh, they found the next big thing or they uh, something else was launched or spawned? I'm just saying is that we want more Tyler Farr and we can't get it because of the politics of what of what I'm assuming is going on. Well, you're going to get it now. You'll get it now because Jason Aldean's a competitor and he does not like to lose at bowling, which he's a huge bowler. It's kind of nerdy. but With bumper lanes? Yeah. He, I mean, he's ping-ponged, whatever. I don't matter. He's probably the most competitive person I've ever met. And I'm pretty competitive too. And He's not going to – I mean, I'm just – I'm going to say, that like, so two months ago, I get a text from him. This is right after, you know, we I'd signed the deal with Night Train with records with his imprint. I'm the only artist on. You know, eventually he'll probably sign some more after we get our stuff up and running. But he was in the studio every single day. Um, but two months ago, he sends me a picture, the fattest – ugliest picture of me you could possibly find sends it to me and said all right i can't say exactly what he said but he said it's time to get unfat this ain't the mess around game you know mm -hmm. and i was like so before i sprained my patellum underneath my kneecap of uh, two weeks ago you know i got in the gym and stuff and i've i've respected him so i'm like yeah he's all right and i i don't like yes people I like being around people that make me better. Yeah, of course. And, you know, he does that. And I think you're, I think you're going to see a big um, difference with him um, being. Well, the three way. songs that you sang last night, all three of them to me, and I'm not saying that I'm the end all or even a good judge of, I feel I got a pretty good ear, but, and I don't know what a hit how to say it's going to be a hit because I don't know what money it takes to invest in the hit and get it on radio. I don't know any of the any of that in Nashville. I'm not asking you to explain it, but I do want to get on another podcast. I know you got to get the sound check soon, Tyler. I appreciate you being here. But the three songs that you did on my back porch last night are awesome, and nice. I'm sitting here going, and I'm, I'm and you're welcome. I'm being for real. They're good, good songs. And I remember when I first heard those both those songs with Brett Cannon. And then when I heard redneck crazy, redneck crazy, which I said that we were going to get back to, and I don't know how your voice feels right now. And if you could sing a verse of it, I would really appreciate it. But I know that you're, I know all that shit's up in I'll the sing, air. I'll sing a song, but, but and you could sing a song, but listen, when you, when you're on the eight, when you're on your a game, the voice is, what's the word peculiar um what what is the word that you use to describe your voice that people thought there's a there when i read up on your bios and stuff people said that your voice was different but they used another word that wasn't different yeah let's, i guess distinguishable smoky and your voice is awesome dude I, thank you and, I, 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 well, it's from i love stylists i'm a fan of john anderson i'm a fan of george jones hank george jr uh, you know so you I, just named three people that music should be get back to and that Tyler Farr has the ability to get it back to. And there's always this term thrown around in Nashville, two words, bro country. Toby Keith sang a song called 
country is or where's your country? I can't remember how it went, but he started naming all the artists. And is that country bro? Jason Aldean falls on a weird parallel to me. And you can always educate me this on camera, off camera, on microphone, off camera, microphone. Jason Aldean is not bro country. Jason Aldean is country rock. He's rock wrapped into Nashville, but he has this, the, the, the song that he did with Colt Ford driving around, drive, wait, wait, real quick. Driving around town. When he, when he comes in on that hook, and he ta- starts singing on driving around town, driving around song. He's a stylist. I'm like, oh my God, dude, that just makes me want to freaking go to a 15 mile an hour, 25 mile an hour speed, zone, speed limit and see a county fair and freaking see a high school scoreboard lit up. And it makes me think of like, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about Al Dean does not fall into bro country. You're on that same parallel to me is like, it's rock and country, but you got this freaking distinguishable sound that's like, it's like a, a couple different artists pulled into it. I know you hear that all the time where you can morph into it, but when you hear your voice come into redneck crazy and you really get into that hook, or when you say, when a guy walks into a, or a guy walks into a bar, there's a different sound to your voice that has to stand the test of time right now. And I'm telling you this, Tyler, as a friend is that that has to stay out there because there's too much of the other shit out there. And I want music to get back to the artist that you just said about singing about Seminole Wind and Don't Ask Her on a Straight Tequila Night. Those are the freaking songs I wanna hear. Now, whether or not an 18 year old girl that's gonna go buy a concert ticket wants to hear Straight Tequila Night, I don't know anymore. I don't know where the industry is, but you have the ability to bring that to the forefront again with Jamie, with Chris, with Jason, with the guys that really care about the freaking roots of this culture. And I'm not saying that in a, in a tacky way of being like, oh, Belding's just on a soapbox. I'm saying that I was brought up on Merle. And I, and I remember that song that Gary Allen did, said, sang about what would Willie do? Well, I wanna know what would Waylon say? There's a song about what would Waylon say about what is going on because when I I hear Waylon sing, and you don't even need to hear his hits. The best thing that you can do is your, for yourself as a human being is to go and listen to Waylon Jennings songs that were never on the radio or that he never sang on stage probably because it, it, it'll make you just go, oh my God, I'm an American. And when you hear Merle Haggard do the same, you have the ability to do that. Your songs do that to me. So all I'm saying is that I'm not trying to sit here and say it's a comeback or a resurrection, but please, by all means, freaking get the songs out to the people because they're begging for them. And when I hear those songs, I'm like, that is what we need, bro. We really have to have that kind of music. And if Al Dean's the savior of that and to bring it to forefront, to bring it out again, then all the power to you man but there's got to be those songs again because people when i say tyler Farr's playing arena night they're like dude that song redneck crazy that song's freaking unreal guy walks in the bar that song's unreal you got to get it out there again yeah. you got absolutely to. i'm yep. not saying nothing you don't know no, right yeah no I, I trust me i'm i've been waiting a long time to make it the record i wanted to make and now i'm actually able to do that thanks to you know jason well, thank you, Jason oh, Aldean. Yeah, thank you. I want to hear a song. Yes. You got to tune that? I don't know. I might be in tune. Are you doing anything acoustical tonight, or is it all full band? It'll probably be all full band. picking it. 
if I use the tuner. him turn his keys strumming with his right hand turning the keys of the guitar acoustic guitar with his left and it's almost like a duck caller Tyler's going to come back and do the podcast again because he he's been on some duck hunts lately deer hunter turkey hunter but it's almost finding that perfect pitch that perfect tone to what the ducks want to hear that day and these guys can hear it in this guitar and, and manually make it in key in tune and then he starts just picking and strumming. This is special right here, y'all. I'll play you when you ain't heard yet. I want to do it. I wrote this seven years ago. Trucks don't last, and a John Deere's just a thing of the past. My steel guitars and fiddles fade. I hope I don't live to see that day when boys stop shaking old men's hands. Doors I say it's mine. No one stands and the anthem plays. I hope I don't live to see that day. Call me old school. No, it ain't cool. But the some of us still believe in that golden rule. Sometimes you shouldn't change But if they go away I hope I don't live to see that day The trees are gone, the fields ain't green A hard day's work ain't worth a thing Small town boards 
up his doors The little guy don't dream big no more There's no more heart in the home of the brave I hope I don't live to see that day It's it's a uh, one of those deals to where you you can't get raw raw in every experience in your life where like you the word speechless comes to the mind to where when you write a song like that and then you can sing it and tell me before you sing it that you're gonna sing me one that I've never heard before and then it hits somebody the way that it hits them that's exactly the point that I was making with my comment before you went into that song is that there's very few people on this earth that have the ability to do that to people through song. <laughs> the odds of making it to what you've done is very slim. So to be able to do that is very special. And it's something that, that you say in such a nonchalant way that really, it doesn't irritate me. It just irks me in a way to where you're just, this is what I do. But my brother just walked in, and he's written songs. I've written songs. Clay picks the guitar. I thought I was a drummer at one time. Dad, I don't mean to say it like... I know that you don't, but what I'm trying to tell you is that that freaking song right there is amazing. And there was a line in there about standing for the anthem that you yeah, said you wrote seven years. seven years ago, and now look what's going on. That's what I'm talking about, man. It's like prophecy, bro. It's like, that's what song does to people. I get goosebumps and I'm passionate about music because of what music does to me. You sit in this room and you see these albums. Well, I didn't just go pick these up and say, I'm just going to hang some albums up. There's songs on here that really touched my life that made me who I am. I really think music forms the human soul. That's my, uh, you know, you ask why I do what I do and this and that. And it, I go around for days and you probably, you're like, what the, what the hell? Like, you can't figure it out, and you're like, when I say it's just what I do, because it is, but I do it to make a difference or touch someone, make somebody feel something. That's what drives me to do it, not awards, not, not the Hall of Fame. It's just making people feel something. Well, you do it. You do it. You that that song and go to church and I can name the hits, but if it's it, when you when you get around somebody like you that's been there, done that, and everybody's always t asking you the same shit. Can you play this song? Can you sign this hat? Can I get a picture? I like to tread lightly. I like to figure out what does Tyler? What do you want to do? What do you want to do when you sit down and talk and tell a story? And today you told a story about this 21-year-old kid that had the balls to move from Missouri to Nashville. And here we are 13 and a half years later with four number one hits, record deals, sold out concerts, best friends with Jason Aldean. And, and, and the best thing of all that's going on, Tyler Farr, is that you're got, you got a freaking new life now with Jason's new record label. 
which we have some chemistry here and some history here with Broken Bow. And I don't know if you have ever heard Jason talk about this family. Who is the original owner of Broken Bow? Do you know the original owner, Benny? Oh, Benny. Okay, Benny owned Corning Ford in Corning, California. We, are, we work with Corning Ford. They're an official truck of the foul life and, and what we do here. So when I'm over there talking with Francis and Paul and all them, and they know Benny's got a pad in Nashville and Broken Bow and Aldine and, and all this stuff going on, and it's all like it's a small world. But what you have a resurgence now that's getting ready to pop off, and you sing a song like that that's been out seven years, that song should be on the radio right now. Right now it should be. Yeah, I haven't cut it yet. Well, you need to cut it. Can you just do me a favor? I'll do you a song. Just do me one verse. I'm a nice dog. Okay, that, and then one verse of of my song, of Redneck Crazy, and then we're gone. And then we're going to watch you perform tonight. Um, the, I think last night was the first time I played it. I love it. Anybody that owns a dog or hunts a dog is... I'm gonna fall in love with this jam right here. Whatever she and I win, he'd want to ride. He loved the wind in his face, hanging that passenger side, right next to her. Cause he loved her too. Thank God I had him to get me through, yeah, he pulled me through. I wish love wasn't so hard I wish people could stay together I wish girls couldn't break hearts And dogs could live forever He was there that night I drank myself to sleep He laid there by the cat on the floor right next to me till the sun came up it was like he knew he stood by me like a friend would do like best friends do i wish love wasn't so hard i wish people could stay together i wish girls couldn't break off Dogs could live forever. I like to think I'll see him again someday. But if it was up to me, if I had my way. I wish dogs could live forever I wish love wasn't so hard I wish people could stay together I wish girls couldn't break hearts And dogs could live forever Crazy one. Wait a second. Before you go into that, just real quick, it was a 160 pound bloodhound. Yep. What was the name? Cooter Brown. Cooter Brown was the name. How old? Uh, ten and a half. 
passed years. away. Yeah. Did it inspire the song? No, I, I, I actually didn't. If I don't write songs or cut songs that people read, that I can sing truthfully, yeah. you know. And so I heard that song and I was like, I was in a pitch meeting and I was like starting to tear up and I'm like, turn that damn thing off. I said, I'll put it on hold. I'm going to cut it. So you put on hold that day. So Neil Thrasher wrote it, who wrote Flyover States for Jason and a bunch of stuff. But but yeah, so it was. And he had he had just wrote it, so I got lucky and uh, you know thank God for Jason uh, going and meeting with Thrasher and be like, hey man, we need this song because he want you know. And I don't I don't blame this and the songwriter's fault or anything. They want a Luke Bryan. They want to play it for Luke and. Blake Shelton first, because you know they put us on the radio and it gives the number one and two, a shake of a Persian kitten's whiskers, you know. So <laughs> uh, I, I get it, but I was like, but I'm I'm glad we got it and he did us a favor. I'm gonna need a capo though if I'm gonna if, to play the next one. Yeah. Um, when when you. Uh... When you find your inspiration for a song like Redneck Crazy, is it because you've you've been through so many breakups that it's that it's time to drive to her house and see if something's really going on? Did you experience this? Did Red Akins experience this when he saw the other truck in the drive? Did Tyler Farr really want to get out of his truck because he had been he's drinking while he's in his truck because he's so sorrowful over this breakup that it's time to throw beer cans at shadows because there's a light casting through that curtain i'm trying to figure out where in the hell does a song called redneck crazy because rednecks and crazy kind of go together if you really break it down because everybody's like man they're all full throttle they're really crazy some bitches i'm, I'm this, just pissed you're just pissed off because you got dumped keep her because, did she motor the fudge <laughs> I mean, I, did she dump you? Did she cheat on you? Yeah, I caught I caught her like in, a, in the ex's drive. Like I didn't I didn't see it, thank God. But she was there. And I, I mean, I'm pretty sure they weren't playing chess. How do you know though? I drove by there. I saw it. But they could have been playing chess. No, they weren't playing chess. They weren't playing chess. No, they definitely were not playing chess. I wonder if that's a song right there. They definitely were not playing chess. That could be the other uh, the other song title for this. So this song comes out in, you're 21 when you move from Missouri. Now you fast forward seven years, you're 28 years old in Nashville, Tennessee. You're pulling behind a sprinter van or just a regular van with a, a, a 12 foot enclosed trailer that we would pull decoys with. You're with your future wife, your girlfriend at the time driving to Virginia for a gig. And this song goes to the radio. And now Tyler Farr has a song on national radio that would soon blow up into what Breadneck Crazy became. But when you're driving to Virginia, are you, do you, are you turning through the dial, seeing if you're going to hear it on the actual radio? Is there something that goes to your mind like, holy shit, I'm freaking making it? No, I, I don't like losing myself. You really don't? No, uh, I'll turn it. Really? That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. Like, I would be like, I mean, I don't know if I listen to every podcast that I've ever well, done. Well, I mean, with people, I'll, I'll listen to for about five seconds. My wife's like, "Honey, you're on the radio," you know. And I mean, so I got a really old feeling because I was on Y2K Country the other day on XM, and I was like, Tra God. "Trace was telling you that you I'm were like, in the truth." Jesus, yeah, that's a that's a tricky deal though, man. Because you ain't old; you're 35 freaking years old, dude. 
you're 35 years old and you've already had smash hits on the radio. I don't even know how old Merle Haggard was when he had his first number. I don't know the history of country music that well. I probably ought to. But 35 with that many number ones already, dude, that's admirable. So this song is, is it safe to say that this song launched Tyler Farr? Oh, yeah. No, no doubt about it. Is it the most, when the, when the crowd hears this song tonight, is this going to be the one to where it's like, is this what brings the house down at the end? Is this the encore? The guy walks in the bar will be the encore. Really? Yeah. All right, let me hear this. Redneck Crazy, Tyler Farr. Gonna drive like him through your neighborhood. Park this silver right over in your lawn. Crank up a little high, sit on the hood and drink. I'm about to get my pistol.
<laughs> wow, buddy. You, does it? I was getting flashbacks. Does it ever? Throw a beer can at you. Does it get to the? Does it get to the point to where that song will will make Tyler Farr squirm? Like if somebody requests that song one more time, I've heard artists say that. Like the songs that got them to where they're at. Now it's like they want to forget them about. Will you ever forget about Redneck Hell Crazy? No, that's what bought me on damn farm. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'm, I mean. Well, I love you, brother, man. You're kicking yeah. ass. And th- whether this is a resurgence or not, I'm not trying to sound like I know what's going on in the career of Tyler Farr, but to me, it was here. It was unbelievable. Like, just the momentum and what you were doing was kicking ass. And it just seems to me like there's been a little break. And I want it to be to where it was redneck crazy guy oh, walks into a bar and whiskey been, in my water. It's safe to say there's there's been a little break. But we're, we're, we're rolling now. I mean, I didn't take a break. I just had people that took a break while I was still working my ass off. So now I have someone that wants to work theirs off too with me, Jason Aldean. So we're we're back in black. I love it. Well, if I appreciate I knew how to play you that. Know. I'd do it. You were back in black. No, that's not it. How does it go? Back in black. Hit us high. Imagine my no, I just, I bottomed your speakers out there. Cut loose. Cut loose from the noose. Yeah. Is that Brian Johnson or was that Bon Scott, the original? I think that was Brian Johnson, wasn't it? I don't know. I think I just blew a gigawatt. Are you ready to? Ow! Oh, you're getting a little turkeyish in you. A shot gobble at you. If you, the last question I'm going to ask you before we go to the concert. Reno Rodeo 2019 with Tyler Farr kickoff concert. If you were asked, I got two questions for you. If you could go on hunt, one more hunt, and you got to take one person with you, who do you take? Probably my grandpa. If you were asked or told you can sell out, you can sell out Fort Lauderdale Amphitheater night with 17,000 people, or you can go call gobblers or get in a tree stand and watch a whitetail walk under your stand tomorrow morning. You can only get to do one of them. What does Tyler Farr pick? Are you, are you going hunting or are you selling out the arena at this point in your career? I'd sell out the arena and go hunt the next day. So you got to be that, that. That was like the CNN answer. You're not going to tell me the real. That's real. the real. That's exactly what I do. So the first love is music. The second love's hunting. It's a hard relationship. It is. It's. I love them both. Is Jamie Johnson one of the best things to happen to country music of all time? Well, like put me on the spot there, Chad. I'm asking you: Is he that? Is he that good? Or he, he's that good? He's Jamie Johnson's great. Would you, is there any future of you writing a song with Jamie Johnson? Uh, possibly. He writes with a lot of my friends. I just hadn't, hadn't written with him. Well, before, the reason I asked you that question is because you said then Jamie Johnson comes along and then you did the gospel, the, the church organ music. Woo! Like, is that what Jamie Johnson did when everybody heard that voice for the well, first yeah. time? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was, a re- it was like a breath of fresh air. So do you think your voice was a breath of fresh air to country music? Probably not like Jamie's was, not even near, but... I, I don't I don't know if that's a true Well, statement. maybe it's not. I, I don't know. I mean, he 
sings his butt off. Uh, I hope it is. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think he's great. Uh, I hope, yeah, I hope people like my stuff because I'm gonna keep doing it. So, so when can we? If when can we expect right now in America to hear the next Tyler Farr? Single. There'll be a single will be approximately, give or take, around uh, end of summer, September. Tour in America this summer, leading um, up yeah. to the single? Yeah, I mean, I'm touring all over the place. Will the singles be played? Will the single be, is it a part of the stage show right now? No, not, we haven't picked the single yet. I have an idea. but You have an idea? And yeah. We, you and Jason will do that together? Yeah, yeah. All right, Tyler Farr, F-A-R-R. Y'all, I mean, everybody that's listening to this has already heard of him. You guys have already heard. I love that song, Redneck Crazy, but guy walks into a bar, whiskey in my water. Wish we had time to do them all. He's getting ready to do them all tonight. But if you think about what we just went over for the last 90 minutes of the humility, and first of all, the balls it took to leave Missouri and go to Nashville, and then to get the number one hits that this man's gotten, and then to stay humble and stay true to his root and still driving that 1989 John Deere to cut his lawn, and then getting on that bus on Thursday and traveling across America to charm crowds with the songs that he's pinned or ones that he's picked that meant something to him. To me, it's the ultimate career besides being a professional baseball player. I wish to heavens I wish I was a songwriter. I wish I had the ability to get inspiration and put it to paper. And it's easy to say you can write words down and become a poet or become a songwriter. But to become John Prine or Chris Christofferson or what you're doing, Tyler Farr, is on a different level. So to me, it's not something that can be taken lightly because song is so important to people. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you being here. Um, if there's anything else you got left to say, like shut the hell up, chat or whatever, let's say it. Let's get to the I buzz. I was going to say that. I was just going to say thanks for having me. You were? You were going to be nice to me? Yeah. I was Did say, you enjoy this? I was going to say thanks for having me. Love you too, brother. I love I you wasn't too. I was going to tell you to screw off or something. <laughs> there's, I, I don't think that we've ever been like that. I'm, the, 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 I will talk about it off. I wouldn't off, be off over, I wouldn't be over here if I didn't like it. Well, I liked you seeing you swimming in the pool last night. You doggy paddle with the best of them. Man. Let's go dive in real quick and then get to Missouri the Missouri State champion, dog paddler. Were you really? No, absolutely not. This has been another episode of This Life Ain't for Everybody. Y'all check out Tyler Farr on the road this summer all across the United States of America. New music coming in August, September 2019. This episode was brought to you by Jargon Duck Calls, the North American Whitetail Championship, Oakley Standard Issue Sunglasses, and last but not least, Elk Ridge Knives. Check out all of our partners and sponsors at thefowllife.com, thislifeaintforeverybody.com. We appreciate all of the support. We're humbled by it. Tyler Farr, you the man. Let's go to the concert, Reno Rodeo 2019. Thank you, brother. Yeah, man. Say life on earth won't last that long. What you gonna do when the money's all gone?